I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There's a quite wonderful set of connections through the scripture readings this morning um, that revolve around a reflection of evil and pain and suffering. Uh, in the gospel, you have the great, uh, the great admonition to turn the other cheek, to not return evil for evil, but instead love those who persecute you, and so on. Um, and uh, we have in the Old Testament the, the wonderful culmination of the story of what I continue to think of in my mind as Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is how I first encountered that story as a child. So I, I read the Bible later, but I was in the play as a kid, so I know the story. Um, but the end of the story, of, after all of, of, um, all of uh, Joseph's troubles and his own brothers throwing him into a pit and then selling him into slavery and then his, his struggles in Egypt in slavery and how he winds up at the right hand of the Pharaoh and in fact being instrumental in the salvation of his own family, which is what we just read today, um, is the story of evil that has turned to good. Um, and so there's, a, there's a, a wonderful through line in these scriptures about a reflection on evil and an admonition not to, to sell our own understanding of what God is doing short. Um, our immediate reactions to evil and suffering are usually sorrow, pain, anger, and vengefulness. And I think of my own experience of driving in difficult weather and the idiots on the road, and how I respond to said idiots when they do idiot things that make me feel a little unsafe. And so my immediate response is to, to get angry, and, to, uh, and if, if, I were, um, if I were prone to this sort of behavior, to want to get revenge. I hope something, something happens to you. Um, and we hear stories of road rage where that escalates in, uh, really uh, unhelpfully. Um, and so we, we have this, this admonition for those who are followers of Christ to cut that off, to not get into the cycle of, of hurt and anger and revenge, and we cut it off inside ourselves. We don't have any control over whether people sin against us. We can control what we do in response. And so the admonition is to hang on to that, let it go, and trust that even in that, God may be up to something that we just haven't figured out yet. So I'm going to tell you a story of a ticket that I got, since I'm on the car story. Um, and uh, it was a parking ticket. And it was like two minutes after the meter had run out. And I was furious. And it was, you know, 10, 15 bucks or 25. I don't know what the ticket was. It was just some annoying amount of money. And I had to go, the box wasn't even working. So I had to go down to City Hall on another day and, uh, and so on and so forth. And I was furious about the ticket um, until I, I, there was a, I checked at the bottom of the ticket. There was a little note at the bottom of the ticket that, you know, your parking meter's expired and check your license plate. And I had forgotten to renew. <laughs> That's 600 bucks. <laughs> and so I owed the meter person uh, an apology and a thank you because in giving me that ticket, they got me, my attention and I went straight down to the, the, uh, the insurance uh, outlet 
reinsured my car quite sheepishly and uh, was very, very grateful to the, the meter enforcer who drew my attention to that. Um, so in that silly little anecdote, it's, it's a microcosm of the, this thing that I'm talking about and how many things in our own lives, if we think about the ups and downs of our own journeys, there, all of us have had unbelievable struggles at some point or other in our life. There's not a person in this room that has not had deep pain and suffering at some point. Um, and the, uh, and the, the question, as the question is with so many things, is where's God in all that? And so the question for followers of Jesus is, yes, the suffering is real. Yes, we suffer. We don't, we don't take a Pollyanna-ish approach to it, but we ask that theological question. What is God doing even in and through this suffering? And I, I need to take a little philosophical sidebar and say there's a, there's a really deep rabbit hole here about causation and who causes suffering and whose fault is it and so forth. Um, I, I tend to steer away from a... Um, a, a mechanistic and deterministic view of reality where God is micromanaging every little detail. I think that we are in the midst of a lot of people and other you know, um, uh, creatures making decisions that are real and freely made, and God is in relationship with all of these decisions all at the same time. So even though someone can do evil to us, and it was genuine evil and it was not meant from a good place, even in that, God can take that and do some kind of spiritual judo with it and flip it into something that, that brings a greater good out of it that would not have been possible but for the sin in the first place. Um, I'm mindful of some uh, theological reflections on Adam and Eve in the garden and how the fall itself, the great fall of humanity, was itself an upward fall. There's, a, there's an amazing medieval hymn at Christmas time uh, called Adam Leibunden. Some of you may know it. Um, but it thanks God for Eve taking the apple. Because if she had not taken that apple, then we would not have been redeemed by Christ. And having been redeemed by Christ, we are better off than if we had stayed in the garden in the first place. So this whole arc of suffering and misery and redemption brings about a purpose that is deeper and more beautiful than if we had stayed naive and innocent and in the garden. So in our lives, the point of reflection for me is in my own life and in your lives, how is it that even through our struggles and our suffering, God is intimately involved, intimately at work, and bringing good out of evil even when we can't necessarily see it at the time? So let me talk to you about the leaky hall. <laughs> uh, I've made no secret of my own resentment about the leaky hall. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to share personally that some of my work at my recent um, retreat at the monastery was to let myself figure out what was going on. And what came to me um, really quite um, out of the, you know, the corner of my eye, so I, I do take it as a moment of grace or a, 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 an inspired insight that part of the problem that I've been having is not just that it's a pain in the arse and you've got to deal with it and you have to raise all this money and do all these things that you're not good at and have to learn new things, but the problem was that I was resenting it the whole way. I shouldn't have to be dealing with this. This shouldn't have happened. I should be doing the things that I'm good at and that I like doing, and I'm a priest. I'm not a general manager person. Um, but it was the resentment that was creating most of the fatigue. 
And part of my own uh, gift uh, for me at the retreat was, was really coming to a place of acceptance, to say, I am the parish priest of this place, and this is my job right now. And I may not do it 100% perfectly, but I have to stop fighting it and let myself be the person that, the, that this institution needs me to be right now. And with those eyes, I am better able to see and that, that from where I sit right now, I think we're now in a better place because of the leaky hall problem than we would have been if the leaky hall had not leaked. Uh, um, no, I, well, thank you, but uh, I, I, I share this tentatively because I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to do my job, and it's always a, the, the, I can't fit into the pulpit today, but the pulpit is a dangerous place to stand because you're presuming to speak on behalf of God, and I know that's my job as a preacher, so I offer this in, with some hesitancy, but I see God in this, and, and in my resentment and all the rest of it, it was, it was something that we didn't ask for, it was something that, w- that happened to us, we didn't choose it. Um, but in the process of, of struggling with it and, and, and rising to the challenge and, and doing all this work around the edges, the fundraising, the, the, the working on our financial systems and our structures and our processes, um, that we have actually built something here that instead of just dragging us as we've been, you know, my, my image has been, I've been trying to get forward and all this stuff is dragging me from behind, but, but the image should be reversed. In fact, it's more like a slingshot. So the, the, that, that I've been being pulled back way in order that all this extra energy now can propel us into the future. And so I see the work that we've done administratively around here, but also the extra fundraising that we've done, the attention to stewardship, the, the, the questioning that all of us have had in our hearts about how much is this place really worth to us? And we've answered, it's worth a lot. We care about this place a lot. We care about this church a lot. And we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. And that energy has positioned us to actually spring into much greater things in the next few years than would have been possible had this not happened. So I'm starting to see that. Um, I'm starting to see that we've built something here that can be built upon so that the, the ministries that we engage in, our, our connection with the community can only get stronger. The stupid scaffolding that was up there all year um, has put us on the map with people who otherwise didn't know who we are. I mean, I shop around town. I've lived here a long time. People know my face who don't even know that I work here in this capacity. And, um, and, they, and, and I've had the experience for years of when, they, when they say, what do you do? I'm a priest of the Anglican Church. Oh, the Anglican Church, which one is that? <laughs> I say, it's the one right across from Barristow School. Oh, oh, that's an Anglican Church. Right? None of that anymore. I go, I'm, I'm the priest of the Anglican Church. Oh, you're the ones with the scaffolding. Boy, you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> right? But, but we're now positioned to leverage that and start doing evangelism in a way that we have not been able to before. Remember us? We're the ones that built the new hall. You know? You, there's a lot more going on than just a hall in this place. Let me tell you about it. Let me tell you about what the hall houses, the kind of ministries that go on in there. Let me tell you about what our community is engaged in. Um, and, and this gives us a platform to do things that were not otherwise possible. So, so this is just me hesitantly saying, sometimes against my own will, because I don't want this to have been worth it. I want to hold on to my resentment. <laughs> 
maybe I was resentful for no reason. Um, but, but that's where I'm sitting today. As we go into this AGM and we look at all the, the, the stuff that we've done, and yes, it's a lot of money that we've spent, but, but I feel like we have an amazing haul now. It's better than ever. Um, the, the, the recognition in the community is better than ever. Our engagement and our support of this church is better than ever. Um, and we have, we have come through this period. I was worried that we would have a decline in attendance and finances. Everybody got tired of the fundraising and all the rest of it. And in fact, the opposite has happened. There's more engagement. There's more energy. We all feel like we've been pulling hard. I know but we're all here and we're gonna see this through to the end and that in itself is an incredible kick of energy for this community and for what God is doing in this place. So my theological eyes say, I hate to say it, God, but thank you. <laughs> Much as Joseph would have said that at that point in his life. I hate to say it, God, after all that I've been through, but thank you, I've been able to rescue my family. I've been able to give us a future that's part of this incredible salvation history that it becomes a part of. The story of going into Egypt, the exodus from Egypt, etc., could not have been possible but for that migration that Joseph facilitated in the first place. So we don't know what God is doing in and through this community, but we trust that God is at work. And, I, and from where I sit, I think I can see it. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.